Hey guys, Clay Edwards here. I want to tell you real quick about RC Lawn Care. My buddy Richard Coley is going to be the guy you need to contact for all of your lawn maintenance needs. You can reach him at 601-502-3529. They offer roof-to-curb service, blowing off the roof, gutter cleaning, basic lawn care, including mow, trim, edge, and blow, full lawn cleanup, trash removal, garden supplies delivered, pine straw installs, driveway, and sidewalk pressure washing. If grass is growing, you need RC Lawn Care mowing. Again, 601-502-3529. Richard Coley at RC Lawn Care. Proud sponsor of the Clay Edwards Show podcast. All right, you've tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. This, my friends, is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm, of course, you guessed it, Clay Edwards. I'm joined here live this morning at 103.9 FM WYAB, streaming worldwide at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, and Alexa. By my good friend and yours, Mr. Sean Yurt Karan. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Clay. How you doing this morning? Man, I'm good. I'm doing better than uh better than Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh he's having a rough morning, I guess, this morning. Yeah. Uh, expected. Expected. We're gonna get into that. Sure. We're going to get into the Trump stuff and more real quick. This Saturday night, one of my lifelong best friends has fallen on hard times, man, uh, medical hard times. My buddy, uh, we call him Chops. If you know Chops, you know who I'm talking about. Chops Kimball uh, was diagnosed here recently with cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, he's awaiting a liver transplant and has not been able to work since his diagnosis. He has a long road ahead of him. He and his family, like most people, have bills that don't stop just because tragedy hits. He's been someone who has watched over you and almost every bar or club in this town for the last 20 years. It's time that we watch over him. We're having a huge benefit this Saturday night where all the money raised will go to the Kimball family to help with any bills or medical expenses that keep piling up. So come out Saturday night, August 5th. And let's have a good time. We're going to be at the back porch, 471. Y'all know if I'm throwing an event, that's typically where it's going to be. Great place. They just expanded, got a huge new patio. They, uh, they, they took over the whole front half where Fernando's used to be. So we got, got a full bar, restaurant. It's going to be a good time. There will be some live entertainment. I'm not sure who. But um, <clears throat> I'm helping. Uh, I, said, I told them if they put it together, I'd help promote it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing my part. <laughs> and uh, Chops is a lifelong friend of mine. I've known him forever. He worked at several of my clubs over the years for long amounts of time, whether it was downtown at 105 or Crazy 8 at, or at Crazy 8 or Mississippi Bar Nothing or Ch- Buffalo Chips, as we called it, and several others along the way. I think Chops worked at uh, the depot. Anyway, we can go on and on about all the bars Chops worked at. But uh, he actually you know, graduated from all that, been a truck driver the last uh, 10 years or so. You know, he does have insurance. You know, he, he's as prepared as anybody can be. But unfortunately, when you have your income completely taken from you because of a disease, um, it does still make paying bills difficult. Whether your medical bills are paid or not, the rest of them aren't. Yeah, you <laughs> so, can't work. I mean, you can't work. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a – yeah, it's a, I've never been out there. I'm excited. I'm going to go. Uh, it's a good time. A, I think it – what starts at 3 or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It, it does start a little early. It's so at 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. or 3 p.m. to close. And look, if you've been to a couple of my events out there, it's a fun place. 
I know we did my birthday there last year. We did the tornado fundraiser there this year. It's a great, great environment. Chad and his team always have great stuff going on. Come hungry. The kitchen will be open. Food's fabulous. Uh, it's a full bar, not open bar, full bar. <laughs> it's not open. <laughs> not open. Uh, you will have to pay for everything you eat or drink. And uh, there's going to be silent auctions, door prizes, the whole nine yards. That's this Saturday. The Back Porch 471, big fundraiser for our friend and yours, Mr. Chops Kimball. You know Chops. You ever went to a nightclub in Jackson from about 98 to about 2010, Chops was probably a bouncer there. So, heck, he even worked at the dock. The heyday of Jackson clubs, I guess, was that era, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, now they're not none of them <laughs> Jackson clubs anymore. <laughs> they don't exist anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. In all fairness, neither does Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's that. Hey, don't forget, I am doing the Real Men Wear Pink campaign this year. And apparently they dropped the real off the name. It's just mm-hmm. Men Wear Pink. Oh. I will not be calling it that. You're not calling it that? Why not? It's Real Men Wear Pink. Okay. For me. I gotcha. I'm not calling it Men Wear Pink. So I'm raising, I need to raise $5,000. That's what I've committed to. If you're interested in donating, if your business wants to donate to help uh, eradicate breast cancer from the world... Holler at me. I will send you the link to donate directly to under my profile. The money doesn't go to me or nothing like that. It all goes straight to the American Cancer Society. I got an app and all that stuff. So if you're interested in donating to that, would love to have you help out. And let's show them that the little, the little incendiary host out here at WYAB can raise as much money as some of these big uh, prim and proper guys. From Madison and these other places. Is this in uh, October it starts, or is it now? It starts now, but I think the the ball, the, the finale is in October. Okay. so That's the, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, isn't it? October. I always remember that because the NFL. Because the yeah, NFL. That's the only reason I remember that. Exactly. So um, we'll be talking about that more and more. Uh, it had as it a quote-unquote officially kicked off, but the fundraising stuff is open. So I want to use my platform to raise as much money as I can. So that's what I'm going to do. Hey, look, before, again, before we get into the Trump stuff, we're going to hit the Trump stuff top of the next segment. Mm. I thought we'd shoot the breeze here for a minute. Went out last night to an event for the first time. I, 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 heck, I'll be honest, I don't think I'd ever even heard about it. It's, it's just known simply as Antioch. And it's out in uh, Pillahatchie, basically. And it was the Rankin County political function of all Rankin County political functions. Um, You know, I have this thing about refusing to take photos with Tate Reeves. Not that Tate Reeves is dying to take a photo of me, but I don't want to get caught in a peripheral in a photo with Tate Reeves. Oh, come on. It came so close to happening last night. Come on. I looked, and we were shoulder to shoulder, just turned the other way. He was looking <laughs> one way, I was looking the other. I made a U-turn. I'd like a hunting picture with you and Tate like he did with Donald Trump Jr. Do you remember that one with <laughs> yes. the dog peeing in the background? Look, I, like, I, went, like, you know. I went and found my beer cooler as quick as I could. <laughs> you know, just uh, There's never been a – have you ever seen a photo of Tate with beer? I don't think I've ever seen one. He doesn't come across as a beer drinker. When he was, was he treasurer? I used to see him in George Street. This is like in 2007 or something. That's the only time I've ever seen. This is like, you know, 16 years ago. I remember he was in George Street after work. That's how I'd see him there. That's the only time I've ever seen him drink. (laughs) I don't even know if he was drinking. Maybe he was just there. I didn't didn't really notice that part. But uh, make uh, Delbert Hoseman kicked things off just bragging about some of the things Mississippi's done and the money that they saved and the taxes they refused to cut. 
<laughs> not his exact words, but close enough. Oh, and, man, Delbert and, Hoseman. <laughs> and, uh, McDaniel followed a couple speakers later. He came up from the coast, so he wasn't there right at the kickoff. But kudos to him for driving all the way up from the coast for the event. And, man, he went. it was one of the better McDaniel speeches. Mm. It, it really was. And, I mean, he just kind of called it out, called out a lot of the things that we talk about on this show about, you know, Delbert doing away with Sojourner's District and all these other things. I, I'm going to tell you, the vibe I get – the closer we get to this thing, the vibe I get, I, I, I think McDaniel has more than a puncher's chance. Man, I'm with you on that. I didn't think so before. I thought that Delbert was going to win this pretty easily. But the tone of – and we talked about this yesterday, and I was talking about this on Facebook for a while. The, um, the tone of Delbert's commercials have just turned so dark. You know, it's like even, you know, Chris is not even go. You'd, you'd think Chris is a culture war warrior, right? Yeah. That he would go that way. But it, and I'm, I'm sure he has to a certain extent. But Delbert's commercials are, I mean, it's just something that catches you like, my God, man, are you are you defending us from transgender people at the wall, the White Walkers? You know, I and mean, that's the way I mean, that's the way it's coming across now that he is going so far on the culture war thing. And we were talking about this last week where he's he's not a culture warrior. No. Like that's not who he is. And now it's just turned like his whole campaign is I will stop the transgender folks at the gates. You know, that's what it's become. Yeah, you know, and and look, and I told you this, I do respect Delbert's work ethic. Yeah, he works. I mean that's he, true. he is a he is a grinder. Mm-hmm. I mean I look every time I've ever been to the Capitol, whether it was on a Sunday for a for a protest or a prayer at the steps or just walking around downtown Jackson, his truck is always there. And that does mean something to me. Me too. And I was telling you last night, my dad was talking about it a couple of days ago in the 90s. Like, he just did a great job for them. And he, he just said he was a workaholic. The guy has just always been a grinder. And like you're saying, a grinder. And that's and that's an admirable quality. Don't get me wrong. It, it is. I mean, I don't want to sit up here and just completely throw rocks. Right. Yeah. Say, yeah, for the, sure. The guy's just terrible. He's just done some things I 100% disagree with mm-hmm. here lately that don't make sense for something for a Republican to do. Has he done some good stuff? Yeah, of course. You know, like, I love the voter ID stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's some other bills that I could sit here and say, yeah, great job. But these are things that minimum must expect Republicans to do. It's like, what, what are you going to do above and beyond that? Like we're talking, Gary, when, you, when, you, when you've told us that you love Jesus 27% more than your opponent, you're anti-woke, you're pro-life, okay, what other than that are you now going to do? It, it, exactly. So, Sean and I were talking last night, doing a little show prep, and you know, one of the things that I said, and if I offend anybody with this, good. If not, better. So you get these candidates. The, we'll just refer to them for the sake of argument as kind of far-right, MAGA-type candidates. And we, they don't win a whole lot, uh, especially like statewide races and stuff. I want to see a Chris McDaniel win. So one or two things can happen. We can prove that it works. Or we can find out that it doesn't, when, you know, as far as whatever it is, our expectations as, you know, kind of constitutionalist, MAGA-type Republicans. I, I, I want to, does our way of governing work, or does it not? I, I want to see the experiment unfold. And that way, we either shut up about it, or we can get, just all get back to being rhinos, or we start turning this thing around. I mean, I think... <laughs> Can you think of somebody who's a MAGA conservative that's been elected? I know they're 
some that are pretending to be right that they're they're that's why when you see i think when you see tate and delbert jump on the culture war issues that's kind of like they're trying to dip their toes in in that kind of uh rhetoric which just doesn't work for them i it's, mean it, it ain't them it's, it's just not I, mean, I would like for it to have been tate and he had plenty of opportunities through covid with a camera in his face mm-hmm. and he just it, it didn't work out for him i mean it's not who he is but and that's my thing man we were talking about this last night be who you are. Like, and I'm not, and, and we discussed this, I'm not a Chris McDaniel fan, but one thing I do respect about him is that at least he's authentic. At least that's who he is. I mean, this is who he is. This, you get what you get. And that's what I've been bothered with about these Delbert commercials where, like, that's not who he is. And it's just kind of completely turned me off to where, like, every time I turn on the TV, it's this, again, it's this, you know, I'm going to, like, it's like a scene from Braveheart against the transgender folks. And I, and I just, you know, this is not who you are. What are you doing? And, and, and that encapsulates my biggest problem with politics nowadays. And it's why I had what's kind of scorched earth on my Facebook the other day about these guys running for these seats in the state, whether it's on the Senate side or the state in the House of Representatives side. And everything is, I'm a preacher or look at my pretty family and where I go to church. Mm-hmm. I don't care about none of that. That's great. I, I, congratulations. We all go to church. Most of all of us go to church or are a member of a church. We all know a preacher. I sell used cars. I know plenty of preachers. Yeah. You know, that doesn't, that, uh, sorry, that doesn't go very far with me. You can get a you degree know? on or a little certificate online to be a preacher these days. Right? Yeah. If you're a preacher that. and something else, mm-hmm. I got questions. Yeah. It's at the end of the day. A preacher, I got my insurance business. You know, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, that then like, you, okay, you got a beautiful family. You go to church. You do all this stuff. Man, that is great. You're running as a Republican. I expect conservative air quotes values you know but what are you going to do i just, again i'm so tired of this kind of politics as usual i'm tired of these guys trying to put on this and girls put on play this character when they're out politicking because mm-hmm. you know it's like it's like michael guest for example i like michael guest personally he's always been very nice to me we have great conversations but he's done some things politically in this kind of this this stale kind of a front he puts on this character he kind of plays it, when he does media and stuff i don't know i just I think that's one of my aggravations with him it's like he's extremely receptive when you sit down and have a conversation with him yep. but i don't i don't know that that necessarily translates into how he's perceived publicly and you know and a lot of politicians are like that i'm just sure. using him as an example because i know we give him a lot of flack at the station but personally i like michael guest yeah and he was a good da i mean he's done you know, he's done you know he's done a good job i yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a decent human being. I mean, there's just nothing, I have nothing else to say. bad to say about this man as a as a human being. He's got an amazing family, the whole nine yards. Uh, knows I've met his dad several times. I've met his wife. Again, nothing negative to say. But it's sometimes I'm like, man, I wish you would be that guy in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm just like I said, just using him as an example. But it's too many of these people. They just they they put on this image for the it's from consulting firms or whatever, telling them what they need to do. I'm like, man, I think, again, I'll go back to Trump broke the mold. I don't think you have to play these perfectly polished characters anymore. Yeah, because Trump is who he is. That, we'll, we'll, I think we'll agree that he's authentic. <laughs> he's authentically himself. Exactly. And, and so back to the point about Delbert and Chris McDaniel. Chris, I think, plays himself better. He's mm-hmm. more comfortable in his skin. Uh, Delbert is kind of old school Mississippi politician. Yeah. And, you know, he still kind of talks in that politics kind of way, if that makes sense. You know, it's half Southern Baptist preacher. It's half, 
I'm it's, going to the Ted Nugent concert. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, weird to me still. It's so weird. I know I can't get that out of my head. But you know, but I had a, and I, I won't mention her name, but I had a I was talking to a respected business owner and a lawyer here in town the other day, and I I suppose she's probably a Democrat. I don't know. We've never mm-hmm. really peeled that onion back. That's not that's not our friendship, but she we we, we had to talking about the McDaniel versus Delbert thing, and she said, "Look, she goes Del." Um, McDaniel, he scares me a little bit with his politics, some of his stuff. Yeah, she said, but I, but to the same thing you said, she goes, I know he's authentic. I know he means what he's saying, and that's important. Yeah, and then she said, Delbert, I, I don't know what Delbert believes. He's like that. De- De- Delbert clearly is just going with whatever way it takes to to win or get the money. All out to your point about. Him going all in on the culture war stuff. Yeah. We've never heard Delbert Hoseman talk about. Right. Have we ever heard him talk? Did, did he, has he ever talked about this? Has he ever? Heck, he was in 2020, Clay. Do you remember he was the one, the, one of the first state officials putting on a mask? Remember he was trying to put, he was pushing people to wear masks. I mean, he's just not, he's not been this guy. And that tells me that he's, he's nervous about Chris's campaign. I mean, that would, if you're going to go, do this now i mean they always say there's two ways to run run scared or unopposed so i mean i guess it's good to run scared but when you're you take you're taken away from what you do well which delbert to me like we just discussed he's a workaholic i mean i'd run i'd talk about that have the people talk about look at all look at all the time this guy is at the office from six to eight o'clock at night or whatever he's doing i mean that's an important thing where we all we like damn that guy's putting in his you know work for the the people so yeah all right, let's take a break real quick. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yurkaran. If y'all want to call in and talk today, 601-879-0002. If you want to text in the Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944. If you want to participate in the political process and you want to see Delbert and McDaniel go toe-to-toe, be at Mama Hamill's today at noon. For gripping grin, it's going to be a slobber knocker. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at. Oh, let's see. How about Ellis Autoplex? That's right, me. Come see me from nine. Uh, I get there every day about eleven thirty. I'm there till six. I'm going to go to Grip and Grin today, so I'm going to be there probably a little closer to one. But either way, come out, check us out at Ellis Autoplex. We've got a nice variety. We sold a bunch of trucks, but we are replenishing the inventory. Jason and Casey are actively buying vehicles. Of course, we'll buy your vehicle if you'll bring it by and see us. We'll make you a fair market value offer on this thing with a check you can cash today. Not no marketplace shenanigans. I ran into somebody else the other day, a friend of mine's son. Had uh had gotten uh, a bad marketplace check selling his vehicle. You're not gonna have to worry about that with Ellis Autoplex. And um, we got four, not three, but four Toyota 4Runners. If you're in the market for a Toyota 4Runner, Clay Edwards and Ellis Autoplex, we're your guys. So check us out online, ellisautoplex.com. Uh, we've got a, several F250s right now. I got a 2017 Gas Burner XL. It's nice. It's white, black wheels, and I've got a 2017. Platinum, that's right, a pearl white platinum uh, diesel with uh, some nice aftermarket wheels. Level kit, I do believe. Anyway, you can check all that out on our website at ellisautoplex.com. All right, Sean, let's take a call real quick before we change subjects here. 
Hey, brother, you're on there. Hey, Ricky. Yes, sir. Hey, you're on there, brother. Okay. Hey, guys, enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you. Three quick things. Uh, You spoke to McDaniels and Hoseman and the individuals that they are in their own skin. I have met Chris McDaniels, and you could not have described him any better. I think uh, I'm a baseball guy. Hoseman's got three strikes. Number one, he appointed all those Democrats to those committees when he didn't have to. Number two, he stopped the uh, a religious exemption vaccination right bill, stopped it cold. And number three, he refused to allow the state income tax to be repealed. You're exactly right. Give McDaniels a shot because we know what we got with the hose man is what I call him because we've all been hosed by the hose man, okay? And then, again, um, going back to knowing an individual, I really like Michael Cassidy when he ran against um, – uh, uh, my brain's locked up. I'm trying to remember. Uh, when he ran against guests. Against, against guests. Yeah. And you cannot tell me that a guy comes one percentage point from winning the primary. One percent. I think he had like 48.8% of the vote. And then when it comes time for the runoff, he gets blown off the page. Went in close. My mailbox – I had to empty it every day because it was filled with all these garbage flyers that guests sent out. And Hoseman's doing the same thing. Hey, you know, Cassidy was... Um, all the local news channels and the people who are responsible for those mailers, I hope they send Michael Cassidy a Christmas card. Because the the, the rumor is a million dollars was spent uh, from the guest campaign from, from uh, from the primary to the general election. Oh, I believe it. I believe you. You cannot convince me it's that close. And then when the real runoff takes place, I mean, it, he's not even a game. He's not even a blip on the radar. And you know, it, and and you can call me conspiracy, what have you. I think they tweaked just enough states to tip the election to Biden. I don't think this was fair and open. And I'm afraid in this country, whatever China wants, China gets. Y'all have a good one. Hey, great Thanks. call, Ricky. Thank you. I love passion. Yeah, hey man, you know the thing about I just thought about Cassidy, right? The uh, Cassidy ran on a kind of a liberal pa- platform. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about, I think he was talking about basically single payer health care. Which I was when I read it, I was like, man, okay, I agree with Cassidy on that. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, he, I was, I think he was going to give you like a marriage bonus. Was that right? Like you get money for being, I mean, which you should have to pay people for that. But I'm kidding. The, the yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, he was going to give you like a marriage stipend or something. Can I get a divorce bonus? <laughs> divorce bonus, or you had to? I think maybe you had to give it back if you got divorced or something like that. <laughs> Low interest know. loan. I don't know. E- e- either way, uh, I, look, I, I actively pulled for Cassidy. That don't change, and um, I, sometimes I think you. And if nothing else comes out of that, I I know for a fact that the guests. You know, stuff like that shakes you up a little bit. And says, oh, "Okay, mm-hmm. well, what is it that this whole other group of people feel like I'm doing wrong?" He, he, I, I got on the radio and I, I was called to his office after all that to ask what it is that we thought he could do differently. Why was yeah. it that this other group of people were disappointed with him? He was me, uh, Lindsey Beckham, some others. Mm-hmm. Got called over there and had a great long talk with him, and he took notes. And to his to his credit, he he is attempted or he's been very active in addressing the concerns we had to my guest yes you know and but that's it what else can you what else can you ask for yeah and let me ask you this we were talking about this last week about the MAGA part of the party right and and moderate liberals and cassidy is a good example of this for to me for an example you know because he was talking about 
issues that were certain issues that were very popular with liberals, right? Like single payer health care, and it seems like the MAGA end of the party voted for him. Like were, they weren't worried about you know a flat tax or those kinds of issues that that the country club sets worried about. But they they went with what Cassidy was saying, which was kind of a partial platform was, a, was a, like a Bernie Sanders kind of platform. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, it was an America First platform. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what he calls it. Sure, and, and it was no. Where people are tired of this, these wars. People are tired of blowing money on things we shouldn't be blowing. Mm-hmm. We're getting taxed to death. Okay, and what are we getting in return for it? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what Bernie Sanders has said, though, right? I mean, that's kind of like his his. He's not. He's not a. Democrat, he's you know he's what he calls himself socialist, independent, or whatever he calls himself. But I mean, a lot of the things that Cassidy was talking about, and this all circles back to Trump too. Like, there's certain links there that people agree on with these government program issues, like single payer, where you should spend the money that way. That is different from what the the country club set wants. I just I thought that was really interesting that election between Cassidy and Guest, and how the MAGA end ta- attached themselves yeah. to Cassidy. Uh, you know he. Cassie was a great salesman. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he packaged himself, the Top Gun. Yeah, the fighter pilot thing. The fighter pilot stuff, and as Top Gun 2 sure. was the number one movie in America, too, with that. It was a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like that. I think that military experience matters. I think people want people want to see that. When, when was the last president we had that was in the military? George H.W. Bush. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of. I think yep. in the, yeah, I believe that's right. And, and before him, was his dad at some point in the military, I assume? Well, George H. W. But Reagan, I don't think Reagan may have been an actor in the military. You know, people do that. They they got it. W W was in the military. W was in the military. That's right. I forgot the Alabama National Guard thing. Yeah, Yeah, the whole controversy about that. Yes, he was. He was. I forgot about that. So both Bushes. Yeah, both Bushes. We got a text here that says the group voting for Cassidy was more anti-guest than pro-Cassidy. Very true. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is very true. There was a lot of people. It was a protest vote. Okay. You know, in that primary, I I heard that from a lot of folks. So. Well, I mean, I'm saying, hey, look, I was, there was not a bigger Cassidy supporter than me, but I went right out there and voted for guests in the general. Again, I'm not going to mm-hmm. protest so much that I vote for a Democrat in the general election. Yeah, I can't even remember who the Democrat was that ran against him. Shawansky something, wasn't that, it? Something for, like that? Yeah, something like that. And you know, He got into a big knockdown drag out with the Democrat, state Democrat Party for not assisting him any. So, yeah, something like that, which is was just a sacrificial lamb kind of campaign. I mean, it like a, I mean, let's just be honest. This is going to upset a lot of the people that listen to the show, but... Anybody that runs against Benny Thompson is a sacrificial. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, the, the way those things are districted, that it's yeah, not going mean, to. You know, like, I like all those guys who have ran over the last few years, but at the end of the day, it, unless the demographics change in Hines County, you, mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to get Benny out of there. Yeah, and and a Republican's always going to win Guess's district. I mean, that's yep. just the Democrats not going to win that district. Exactly. All right, look, let's take a break. Come back. Let's get into the Trump stuff. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Sean York Cron on 103.9 FM WYAB. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show, the soft sounds of the Clay Edwards Show. Here with Howlin' Clay Edwards on uh, 103.9 FM, <laughs> W-Y-A-B. Take me back to the 80s for a little moment Wolfman there. little Wolfman Jack there for you. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, I am here live with my buddy and yours, Mr. Sean Yurkaran, and this segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Ulist Realty. Hey, are you thinking about moving out to Brandon? Won't you be my neighbor? You could have gone to the Antioch political function last night gonna uh, was a great time and hey anyway i say all that to say highway 18 right over there down from brandon high school right behind stonebridge 
Elementary is a gorgeous neighborhood, one of the nicest developments in all of Rankin County, frankly, in all of central Mississippi, as far as planned developments go. And that is the neighborhood of Stonebridge. Check it out, man. They got houses starting as low as two seven brand new homes. Brand new construction starting as low as two seventy five. You can check out all the details. They got amenities such as a community pool, clubhouse, playground, and more. Huge sidewalks. It is literally a walking or bicycle riding community. You, know, you, ever, you guys that grew up in South Jackson and places like that back in the 70s and 80s, you could ride your bicycle to school. And you, know, you, know, you can't do that too much anymore. In Stonebridge, your kids can ride their bicycles to Stonebridge Elementary and, frankly, ride over to Brandon High School, too. So check them out. UListMS.com. That's the letter U. UListMS.com. Get in touch with Brad Burleson, and he will get you looking at a house. You know, get pre-qualified, the whole nine yards. UListMS.com. All right, Sean, I've got a little video here queued up. Sure. Uh, what's his name? Jack Smith? Jack Smith. Jack Smith. Jack Smith looks like a, a Bond villain straight out of Central Casting. <laughs> That's a, an American-hating, MAGA-hating Bond villain. Bond villain, huh? All right, let's play his little uh, stuff here. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. Lies. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment, and our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are working. All right, I think we gotta we get the gist of that. Sure. So basically, the, my synopsis after reading some of the indictment and hit, kind of hitting the highlights and listening mm-hmm. to some some videos and stuff is that they're mad at Trump for making them prove they won the election. I don't know if I'd put it that way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's it. I, but I'm, I'm. Let me put it this way: 
he's he's got four counts, right? That's what they've indicted him for. One is conspiracy to defraud the United States, and one is conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, and the third count is actually obstructing that proceeding, and then the fourth count is conspiracy uh, to deprive people of, of voting rights or rights, something like that. And so it starts from there. The main one, the long count, if you I know you were looking at the indictment last night. The main long count, what they're talking about, is this conspiracy to um, to defraud the United States through the fake elector scandal or fake elector situation. Explain to people, my Clay included, what exactly a fake elector is. Well, when somebody, when you vote for a president in your state, you're voting for the electors, right? You know, there's electoral votes. And when somebody wins popular vote in a state, those electors of that candidate who are, I believe, selected beforehand to be the elector. I think they actually have like an elector election before the election and all that stuff. I don't know the exact procedure behind that. But they um, then they vote, uh, I think it's on December, maybe December 12th, something around there, for president. Like it gets that state's electoral votes. And here what happened was the Trump campaign organized people to be fake electors for him on states that Joe Biden had won. And to cast those votes, these fake votes that were not part of the official proceeding of those states, and submit those to Congress to Mike Pence, and that's what this all centers around. And the what is Je- it, it, we use the word fake. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that is. I don't think that's an accurate description of it. Uh, there's all you can send alternate electors. Well, this is not that situation. I mean, this is a. These are actually folks, according to the indictment. I'm just yeah. reading what is in the indictment that they were. Even they, the electors themselves, claim that they were tricked into doing this as in the event that if Trump's election contests were successful. That's what they're saying. You know, some of these, that's their defense at least. And um, so those were, those were put together in several different states. What Jack Smith is saying in the indictment is that um, Trump knowingly, and this is what's important about this case, that he knowingly knew that the election wasn't stolen. I'm going to simplify it. And this goes into different states and different, and Clay, you read through it too. There's different things that Trump was saying that several different parties told him was not true. And this includes like state officials in Michigan and Arizona and Georgia, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, as well as his campaign inner circle, as well as the acting attorney general, and then culminating with the vice president of the United States. So what Jack Smith is going to try to do is, I'm just going to boil this down, is say that Trump knowingly knew that the election was not stolen, that he knew it was, and he spread the false information, knowingly spread it anyway. That's the biggest portion of this, is that he knowingly did this. So the government has got to prove that Trump did not believe that the election was stolen. That's what they're going to try to do. And they're going to do that, it seems, through the indictment. Now, we haven't seen all the evidence yet, because this is just a piece of paper with allegations on it. It's saying that here are all the people that went through and told him that this, the election was not stolen, that these allegations of fraud, conspiracy, or whatever in these states were untrue. And that was the Georgia Secretary of State, the uh, acting attorney general, the Michigan Speaker of the Mission, uh, the Speaker of the House of Michigan, who's Republican, the Nevada Secretary of State, the Republican Arizona Speaker of the House, Mike Pence, his own White House counsel, the acting attorney general, and the deputy attorney general, or acting deputy attorney general. So there was all these groups of people, they're all Republicans, essentially, that told him that all these claims of voter fraud were untrue, and then he kept on saying it was anyway and pushing this fake electric conspiracy. And that's the crux of it, really, is that – so, what, 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 again, what they've got to prove is that Trump did not believe that the election was stolen. And that's, that's really – and, that, and that, you know, that's, a, that's a plausible defense for him, even though everybody else told him that it was not stolen. Well, we were also told that 
the whole process with Mike Pence and all that's just a ceremonial process anyway. How, how can they indict him on a ceremonial process? Because what he wanted to do is stop the certification of ballots and accept the fake electors, and that's what they're saying in the indictment. Man, they're going to have a hard time with this one. Well, I think the hard part, it's, it's hard on both parties. It's hard to prove that somebody... They keep trying to tie this into January 6th, too. Well, they didn't indict him for inciting a riot or anything. That's not part of this. Know, they, this is not what they did. It kind of gets referred to as a January 6th indictment. Well, because it all culminated in January 6th with the certification of yeah. electoral votes. The, um, they've got to prove that he knew what he was doing was false, that he knew that the election was not stolen. I mean, and they've got, according to the indictment, their evidence is all these people that told him that it was um, – and here I'll give you – here's an excerpt. The Speaker of the Arizona – Rusty Bowers, a conservative Republican, resisted Trump's attempt to persuade him to subvert the election because he told him that there was not illegal votes or illegal immigrant votes in Arizona that never happened. So that's just one example of Trump saying, well, there was these illegal immigrant votes in Arizona. And the Speaker of the House of Arizona is saying, no, there isn't. That didn't happen. And this is something like this happened in every one of the contested states where a Republican state official explained to the president, no, these claims of fraud are, are, are bogus. This didn't happen. And all the courts have thrown it out, and he kept on with it. So that's what Jack Smith's going to have to do. He's going to say, look, everybody told you that this was, was not happening. You went anyway, and you kept on pushing it and saying, yes, it was stolen, even though you didn't have any evidence for that, and that you really didn't believe it was stolen. So that's what the government's going to try to do here. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It, I mean, it's— Because at the end of the day, I mean, we can go back and forth on right, wrong, and different. Sure. I don't want you know, we disagree on this. Everybody, yeah. I don't know point in making either one of our arguments for this. Right. I do want to hear what the callers have to say. Sure. We got Jerry on hold. Jerry, stay there. We'll come back to you after the break. The texts are blowing up, and we'll dissect this a little further. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Sean York Run. Coming right back. All right. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We only got about two minutes here, so I want to go straight to the phone. Jerry, thanks for staying on hold. Hey, man, you can call this your GED versus the JD moment. Since Sean, Sean, real quick, personal, someone I heard said you have purple hair. Is that true? No, that's Kim Wade. He told me that at the gym the other day. He also wears pride socks, Jerry. You need to tell him that. <laughs> well, hey, look, you know, you swing, you swing, you swing. I don't care. <laughs> uh, real quick. I mean, I'll just throw out my... My little my little GED or JPS, you know, barely high school diploma, with all the letters you got behind your name. Do you have any trust in the Department of Justice based on the last, I don't know, eight years of the lies, deception, and falsification of warrants and everything else that have come to light from the FBI to the Department of Justice to the Attorney General? That's just my quick question to you before I give you a couple other things. Well, sure, Jerry. I mean, I'm just discussing what the indictment says. I don't know whether they falsified anything. or. This backs up to that. Based on previous things that they have done, have they been truthful in anything they've done? We can name 10 of them. From falsifying, from Department of Justice lawyers lying on court. You were officer of the court. What would have happened to you had you falsified a document to get a subpoena? I mean, it's an honest question. What would have happened to you? Wait, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you, Jerry. If you had falsified a document... Yeah, I'd be disbarred. I'm sure I'd be disbarred if I did that. Wow. What did the Department of Justice do when one of their guys did it against Donald Trump? 
I, I, did he, he resigned? I can't recall what happened with no, him. No, he got a 30-day paid suspension because he had a family. And guess what position he's still in? I, I don't know. I don't remember. The same one. So, I mean, honestly, we can read the indictment, but go back and read Jack Smith's other trial. Hey, Jay, Jay we're, we're, up against the, we're up against the top of the All hour. Right. Call back. All right, well, hey. All right. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in to the most incendiary show on the radio, your daily dose of reality radio, where the left and the right go toe-to-toe every Wednesday and Friday with my buddy Sean Yerkron here on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment, real quick, going to be brought to you by our friends over at Watchman Security Services, local hometown service statewide. Watchman Security Services, locally owned and operated since 1987. Founder and CEO Eric Knight started in the industry all the way back in the great year of 77, the year your boy Clay was born, uh, with Honeywell. You may remember them. Eric was the first certified technician in the state of Mississippi. He has also held role of president and vice president in the Alarm Association of Mississippi. Eric is also a certified retired police officer and served on the board of minimum standards with a peer review committee. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds important. Um, Nathan Knight, his son, my buddy, is the VP of operations. He grew up in the industry also, right up under his father's leadership. He holds many state certifications in the industry. He's also a certified FAA drone pilot with over 35-plus experience, with over 35-plus years of experience in the, in the industry together. Service is in their name. Hey, look. I can read all these fancy things, or I can just tell you, if you need any home security, business security, systems, cameras, indoor, outdoor, remote gate access, smart home technology, my guys over at Watchman Security Services got you covered. They're locally owned, locally operated. And on a personal note, the Knight family are just legitimate, good people. If you've ever been to a cruise in a car show, Mississippi Hot Rod Association event, there's a good chance you've met Eric and Nathan Knight. Shake their hands next time you see them. Give them a call if they can do anything for you. Check them out online at WatchmanSecure.com. I don't give too many phone numbers out because I think it bogs it down, but if you happen to be sitting at your desk and you need their phone number, 601-955-9952. 601-995-9952. WatchmanSecure.com. All right, Sean, Jerry left us. You know, had to end on a hot note there. I, I hate that because it was getting good. But look, yeah, the FBI is corrupted, according to Jerry. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they're not. That's not what I'm addressing right now. What we're talking about is what are the allegations, the indictment, whether they were obtained by corrupt means. I have no idea. Here is what is in the indictment that you know they had interviewed the Georgia Secretary of State, Michigan Speaker of the House, the Republican, Arizona Speaker of the House, Republican, the Vice, former Vice President, White House Counsel, and this is what they told the FBI. Now, if they change their story later. Well, then they're going to be indicted, I'm sure, for lying to a federal agent. I don't know why they would tell the FBI a lie. That's not what happened. But that's what he's got in the indictment. Take it for what you want. Read it. Don't agree with it. It, it is what it is. That's just what's there. So I, I, I said this during the break. I got a text on the Guns of Your Text line from a buddy of mine, Brad. And on subject, off subject a little bit here. He says <clears throat> when Trump's team gets these election officials from Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan on the witness stand, it's going to be a whole different ball game once Trump's lawyers get to cross, uh, what is it called? Cross, cross, cross examine. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say cross reference. <laughs> when they get to cross examine these folks. Because, you know, I, like based on what I've seen happen the last seven, eight years with anything Trump related, 
it's all been proven to be false. Well, sans the current indictments. Right, yeah. You're talking about like the Russia thing. Yeah, Russia thing and uh, impeachments and just all these other things that, you know, just seem like nonsense. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, and then that's... Public trust is broken. Absolutely. Oh, that goes without saying. I mean, I think we're always always in agreement there. Even if, this, mean, well, even if these things were 100% legit, there's a segment of the, of the population out there that you could show the evidence to. You could have Trump say, I did it. It was huge. It was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, they wouldn't believe it. I mean, we just said this off, off air. Like, if we took a generic presidential candidate, right, the incumbent president, and he ran for office, and he lost the election, he knew he lost the election, everybody told him he lost the election, including every state official in his own party, and he continued with this thing, we'd all say, he's guilty. But considering all this stuff, but then when you put this into reality and today there's been so much distrust out there everybody's like it doesn't matter how much evidence you've got people are not going to believe it because there's been all this other stuff so we've just like you said we've created this entire society of mistrust nobody believes anything and here's the scariest part of this and we discussed this last night let's say donald trump goes to trial he gets convicted and he's elected president and he pardons himself right well half the country is going to lose their mind correct if the alternate, let's say he goes to trial, gets convicted, and goes to jail and doesn't get reelected, doesn't get elected president, the other half is going to lose their mind. This doesn't end well in any scenario for anybody. I hope everybody understands that. Like this is a this is a scary scenario that we're in right now. With both outcomes are not good. Like they're just they're just not good. No, it's bad because Trump's either going to jail or he's going to be president. One of the two, and either way, one half of the country is going to lose their mind, the other half is going to lose their mind. You know. And then we talked last night. It's like okay, well. Trump's out of the picture, then, uh, or he, no, here, here was, here's the scenario. I'm sorry. What about the state charges? Let's say Georgia, for example, when those come down, he can't pardon himself in Georgia. Then you got Brian Kemp there who Trump and Brian Kemp hate one another. Does, does Brian Kemp pardon Trump in Georgia or does he say, wait, or does he not pardon him? And then he would say, well, you know what? I have a political future. I can't piss off MAGA. There's still half the country. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, if, and I, he's if, a, if I have aspirations beyond uh, governor of Georgia, I have to pardon him. And, and he's been put forward as a, a contender for 2028 many yeah, times yes. because he's he's been very popular in Georgia. And some you're right. I mean, say, what, some people say VP in 24. Right. For that, too. I mean, so he's got a political future he's concerned about. But he hates Trump because that was that Sonny Purdue thing. Trump put Purdue up against him, right? Sonny, yeah. that's his name, isn't it? Yeah. He put up him up against it, who he killed, by the way. He got like 65% of the vote, something like that. Yeah. And um, I mean, so, the yeah, right, that. The right, like, I like Brian Kemp because he skull drug Stacey Abrams. But there's the Trump stuff I dislike. Again, I can compartmentalize things. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> you, sure. You know, I don't, exp- you don't have to love Trump for me to like you, but there's a lot of things I don't like. Anyway, let's take a call real yep. quick. Hey, you're on there. Hey, Clay. Hey, Sean. Good morning. This is Ray Teddy. Hey, hey man. Man, this is a little bit off topic, but it's kind of to the thing, and I know what Sean's going to say, that we just have to trust what the courts have already said. But, you know, the people that when they're talking about the election was rigged and all those people that, that said they saw some, you know, some uh, Fugazi ballots coming in by the box flows and all that stuff. I love that word, by the way. That's my favorite movie, Donnie Brasco. Good, good choice. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the only way I can think to put it. But, but I've been around the election process a little bit. I'm not going to explain why. But, you know, I live in a largely Democratic area. And say if I wanted to, you know, sign up to be a poll worker to see if, to keep, you know, to do my part to make sure there's no crap in the game, for lack of a better term. 
The only problem is that if you sign up as a paid poll worker, you're going to do whatever that election commissioner and that office need to do. So you don't just get to sign up and watch ballots. But I was curious if you sign up as a volunteer, you have a little more freedom in what position you are to kind of try to keep an eye on that and make sure that kind of – or see if any of that kind of stuff happens. I didn't know either one of y'all knew. I'm not sure. I don't, but I know a lot of poll workers listen to the show, so maybe somebody that can text in or call in and let us know. If you volunteer and you're not paid, can you just be a watchman on the wall? Right. So. I, I think Chip Matthews would be the person to do it, because I know he's been involved with that kind of stuff. <laughs> Chip, Chip would, would, would gladly do it. Teddy, thank you, brother. Thanks. Thank you, man. Yep. Yeah, you know, t- kind of circling back to before answering the call there, I, we're at a point where – Nobody believes anything. Right. Yeah. There was so much. The Democrats have played cried wolf so much that, again, even if you showed me all the evidence in black and white, I can just say I don't believe you because in my mind, you this is all fake evidence. Well, I mean, and, from the top down. And what concerns me so much, too, about that is that if you were going to if you're going to do this, which, again, if I think if the allegations in this are correct, right, if that happens, this is bad. This is horrible. Like if this is all true. Assuming it's true, right? We don't know yet. It's not going to court yet. Why indict him for the porn star thing? If this is your case, like I know that wasn't Jack Smith. That is Alvin Bragg who's doing it political. You're making – this is a very sensitive political issue that we're dealing with that, that's historic, that we've never dealt with before. And 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 some people are still – you know, like the, the DA in Manhattan is trying to, again, play politics for himself over it. And I just think that's a – you know, it's a it's a dangerous game that that everybody wants to play. Now, if this is like again, this is true. This is bad. Go after him. I've said that since the first time I've been on the show. Go after him for this. All in on that. But the uh, you know the other stuff is where I've always had a problem with. If if this is the focus, this needs to be the fo- this make the main thing the main thing. You know what I mean? And why did it take two and a half years to bring this? Well, I mean that's man. I tell you what, working with the feds before on certain things it takes them a long time to do anything. Like they really work. I mean, I mean the bad way. They work a case. They they work a case to death. They really do a good job on that aspect. So that's they take. I mean, er- evidence. <laughs> fabricate. I know Jerry's calling right there. Fabricating evidence. But anyway, they do. I mean, it's it's pretty standard for the kind of work they put in. All right, let's uh, let's read a couple texts here on the Guns and Gear text line. Um, unknown texter, I've been a poll watcher. I think this is Jerry. Uh, anyway, so I've been a poll watcher for the Republican Party. Would you like my firsthand account from ML King voting booth at Callaway High School versus JD debate? Let's see here. Reagankin says. Sean, if you're investigating an organization for the country and you actively are proven to lie and manipulate an investigation to destroy a POTUS, nothing you say matters after that, no matter how true it is. And that's, well, that's what point. we're saying. I yeah. mean, I think that that's where the, the, the position everybody's in at this point where there's been things that have been done, you know, that nobody's nobody's look. Nobody's going to trust anything. I don't care what it is. Nobody's going to trust anything. No matter what side you're on, nobody's going to trust anything at this point. So what? my question is, what do we do about that? I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you – I mean, is there just complete lack of faith in the justice system from now on? Yeah. I mean, are we at that point where we just don't believe in it anymore? And, and that's – man, that's a scary place to be. It, it, it is because on, on a federal level, that is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's a, it's a – federal law enforcement is a – it is a political army now. And I mean, and that's, it's, you know, it's over the last 
several years it's been politicized and this is i mean i mean i don't know what to, I don't, you know i can't refute that i mean it's just definitely there's been just issues with it that have caused this massive mistrust and i think now if you have a case which again i do i do think that if uh he was told by all these people that he didn't win. That that's a problem. Like I don't know why he didn't listen to that. He did chose not to. But nobody's gonna care. I mean, nobody's gonna care. Like like it, it doesn't. So even if the Jack Smith wins again, my my example of half the country is gonna think it's all made up. And so I don't know where we go from there. I'm trying to find a uh, Chuck Schumer. Okay, this is good here. Um, this is one of the things that I think causes. What do we say? Great distrust is when you have Chuck Schumer basically saying Trump was dumb for calling out the intelligence agencies and then they would get payback on him. He's he's taking these shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were motivated I don't know, to? but I, from what I am told, they are very upset with how he has treated them and talked about them. He's, he's- <laughs> so, there's that. Yep. Let's take a break real quick, come back, we'll unpack this. Call or stay on hold. This is The Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yerkeron. All right, welcome back in to The Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Guns and Gear. Get over there, check them out today. And I'm telling you, if you're not following them on the book of face, that would be Facebook, you're missing out on so many great potential deals of the day. Uh, yesterday, the special was the Mighty 590. Come check it out at Guns and Gear. It's a Mossberg 590 Persuader 12-gauge. This thing... It looks mean. It could possibly be considered a tactical rifle. Then, uh, and it's only five oh nine. Up next, this was uh, yesterday for, or not yesterday? Yeah, yesterday on Tactical Tuesday, they had the Ivor Johnson PAS 12, 12 gauge. This is a beast here, guys. This is a twelve gauge shotgun pump with a pistol grip. <laughs> Come on down, young son. Only two forty nine ninety nine. I don't necessarily need it. But I sure would like to have it. And you can too from Guns and Gear. They got a Remington 870 12 gauge pre owned for only $4.99. Get out there, check them out. Located at 1716 Highway 51 in Madison, Mississippi, or in Gluckstadt, should I say. Right on Highway 51, next to the all new Booze Smokehouse Barbecue right there at Yandale Road in 51. Also, you need to sell a gun? Take it out there. Sell them your gun. You can trade your gun in. Does your gun need Cerakoting or gunsmithing work? They can do it all at Guns and Gear. They're also the home of No Limit Ammo. Shop them online, gunsandgearms.com, or just go by and see them in person and tell them that you heard it on the Clay Edwards Show. We do appreciate you supporting these great sponsors. Um, we got some breaking news on the Guns and Gear text line, actually. We have uh, come to... An understanding, a confirmed understanding of why it took two and a half years for them to uh, try this case or get this case to uh, an indictment. What's that? It is because lawyers bill by the hour. <laughs> yeah, I saw Trump's, Trump's legal bills are what forty million dollars or something crazy like that. Oh man, I tell I mean, you what, <laughs> that's another thing uh, everybody should know. 
if uh, there's six unindicted co-conspirators in this case that I assume are going to be indicted eventually or they're flipped or whatever the deal is with that, um, but they're all lawyers. And I think it's a lesson, Clay, to all of us. Do not go to law school. Just yeah. that is a because because you may end up because think about it like if you're a lawyer that's having anything to do with Trump, Michael Cohen, and then now these six like you know you may get indicted, man. But like don't go to law school, folks. Save your save your student loan money. Believe me, I'm 44 and I'm still paying all mine off. So Jerry says on the Guns and Gear text line, when it come, I think he's quoting McConnell here. He said when it who is he quoting? Anyway, it says when, when it when it come. When it comes to the prosecution of Trump, McConnell alleges Smith would rather win than get it right. And yeah, this- he said McConnell said that, the McConnell case. What Jerry's referencing is a he was I think he was ex governor of Virginia that uh, Jack Smith prosecuted for accepting luxury gifts for promoting a dietary supplement. I think he took like a like twenty thousand dollars in clothes and a Rolex or something like that. And then um, the uh, Supreme Court unanimously overturned it and said that. Promoting a dietary supplement wasn't an official act as a governor. It was, it was, um, it was just outside of that. So, yeah. That, yeah, it wasn't corruption. That's what they said. Well, yeah, I mean, I would think so. If the if the governor wants to get on a pyramid marketing scheme, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, he wants to. He's, he's, state he's, funds aren't involved. He's with it. Frank Thomas doing testosterone commercials. You know, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's kind of what they said. What is it MLM? Is that what? Yeah, they just they said it was not an official act. So uh, Keith says, if someone told me. Ten years ago that we were headed towards civil war in this country, I would have said BS. But I see it as a real possibility in today's climate. Yeah, you know, we've asked the question before, what does civil war look like in 2023, 2024? Uh, Let's take a call. Maybe they can answer us. Hey, caller, you're on there. Hey, man, this is Bobcat. Bobcat. Uh, I just got a question for Sean. You really don't believe the election was stolen, right? According to what the courts have ruled, no, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen any evidence that a court has said that it was stolen, so no, no, I don't. Well, don't you find it at the least bit ironic that Kamala Harris's official presidential campaign photographer was the Dominion rep in Fulton County, Georgia? I mean, that, that's got to be a coincidence, right? Didn't Fox News just pay Dominion like a gazillion dollars for defaming them? Was that right? That, that's not the question. I, I don't. I haven't seen the photograph, but maybe I, I don't know. I had to look at the photograph. Uh, but I just know that Fox News paid them a gazillion dollars for defaming them. Eric Thompson was the Dominion rep in Fulton County, Georgia. I just sent Clay the article from the Ohio Star. Why Fulton County, Georgia? Why not Atoma, Iowa? I mean, really? Are you saying Dominion? Voting machine was corrupted. Is that that's uh, that's the implication? I assume. I'm saying, why was Kamala Harris's campaign photographer involved in counting ballots in Fulton County, Georgia? I mean, I have no idea. Was that presented to a court and they looked at it? I, I, was that no. one thing? I mean, why why wasn't it then? But why wasn't it then? I mean, why wasn't it? Uh, because anytime the election was challenged before the voting day, it was too early. After certification, it was too late. But they kept on filing. They filed like lose, 57 lawsuits. Trump didn't lose any cases before any court regarding the election. He didn't have standing was the ruling. There was no verdict one way or another. They ruled he didn't have standing. I mean, you as an attorney ought to understand that. 
but you're you're gonna you're gonna dodge the question, so I'll just leave it be and let you guys get on with your program. Thanks, Thanks Bobcat. Uh, look, I understand everything he's saying, and I agree. I mean, I've made I've made it clear, but I'm also past the point of arguing at nauseum about what we what we on our side feel like we know happened mm-hmm. versus what you feel like happened on, on the other side. And I, I look, I, I love the back and forth. I don't know if that's necessarily the point of the conversation, though. Is to play and I got you or get you know somehow whatever the case may be. The he does bring up an interesting point about the not but not being able to have standing. These things never actually went to court. You know, like you're talking about these specific issues. There were certain issues that did go to court. You're talking about these specific issues. Sure, sure. Right. I mean, well, there's plenty that that, that, that weren't didn't. filed. Is what you're yeah. trying to say, right? Okay. Or they said because it was after the vote or this, that, and the okay. other. Okay, yeah, that's have, different, right? I see what you mean. Right? Yeah, you have but, what ten days, fourteen, think, something, yeah, something like that. Some ridiculous between the election and the county. Mm-hmm. Basically, no legitimate amount of time to file a legitimate complaint. So, I mean, what your like, your argument is that there is a lot of stuff out there that wasn't filed because they couldn't file it. I guess is what you're saying, or maybe they filed it and they told they were told they didn't have standing, or they didn't have standing, or yeah. whatever the issue may have been. Okay, you know, and then, and then look, man, there's a lot of stuff to the mules thing, the 2,000 mules. Even if you don't believe all that, the technology's there to investigate it. They choose not to, but they'll investigate everybody on January 6 using the same technology, the geofencing, and all that stuff. It's just a lot of reasons out there why we don't, why we believe that the election was stolen. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I get where, where you're coming at from. Minimum, at minimum, manipulated. I mean, look, I get where you're coming from. I'm just saying that yeah. this is what I what I see. That I don't feel that way. But I mean, I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me. And we, no. we've agreed on that. But it's um, and I'm just again pointing out what the indictment says is that Trump. They're saying Trump knew that the election wasn't stolen. They've got to prove that. Right? That's what Jack Smith's got to do. He's got to prove that. And uh, Trump's defense is going to be that he thought it was. That's his only defense, is I thought it was. I thought it was stolen. I legitimately believed it was stolen. Well, you made up a great point. Not made up. You have a great point. You say, if you're defending Trump. Mm -hmm. Or what I said off air, yeah. Yeah, it is to prove he's an extremely bombastic character. Mm. You know, he does wild things. And I think that, I, I mentioned that, I think Democrats have lost their ability to distinguish between a bombastic character and ill intent. Yeah, I mean, what I said right off air was that, you know, if I was defending, if I was a criminal defense lawyer, I would introduce evidence of other stuff he did that sounds crazy to the rest of us. And what I mean by that is the um, like during the Russia stuff, he goes and he tries to fire Robert Mueller, even though he's innocent of conspiring with the Russians, which doesn't seem like something you do if you're innocent. But he is he is that kind of guy like he is just he doesn't know. I don't think he knows anything other than just I got to fight everything. Colin Colin Zelensky. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that I'd introduce stuff like, look, these are things he does. Walking into the demilitarized zone in North Korea. I mean, if you if they let that evidence in, I don't know whether they would or not. But the but I mean, I just think it's just a pattern and practice of his personality is such, you know, where people in this instance, according to the indictment, have told him. And these are not Democrats telling him. These are all Republicans, by the way. They're all telling him this. And saying you lost the election, these allegations of fraud are false, and he's not listening. Donald Trump seems to me like his the best defense is that I'm not a listener. I don't listen. I do. You know, like that's what I would do if I was him. I would say I do. I don't listen. I go forward. This is what I think. This is what I'm going to do. That's what I would do if I was him. But always be closing. Always be closing. I mean, that's that would be my defense. That's this is who I am. I like. I believe I freaking won the election, and no one's going to convince me otherwise. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have a hard time convincing that he didn't believe it. That's a hard... It's, Do you it's, think he believed it? Man, I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know. And that's why I'm saying it's a hard thing to prove. Yeah. Because of his pattern of practice and because I've read about him just like you have over the years, 
you know, I don't know. He is so he's such a different kind of human being that I don't know. He's a one, he's a one percenter. And there, yeah, a I just t- you know, is it possible to me that he totally believed it was stolen? Yeah, I mean, it's completely possible he believed that, like because he's like that. Is it possible to me that he didn't believe it? Yes, that's possible too. Well, I, you and know, that but, makes that creates reasonable doubt, and that's the whole issue here, really. So, like I said I last mean, night to you, here's a guy. I'm just going to paint a picture of why he would believe mm-hmm. that he didn't lose. He got what ten million more votes than the previous election. Something than crazy 2016, like that, than yeah. 2016. He was every time he speaks, they outgrew arenas, they outgrew football stadiums, they moved to airports, mm-hmm. to, to to landing strips where he could put eighty nine all the mail in ballots and all that stuff. And you look right. at Joe Biden couldn't draw ten people to a bingo hall. <laughs> when he would do a speech, you know, you sit there and look at that, and then you're supposed, to, then we're supposed to believe that Joe Biden got all these extra votes, more votes than 81 million votes, more than any human, more than Barack Obama got in 2012 or eight or whenever it was. I just, I, I can understand all the other stuff aside. Mm. I can understand why Trump would 100 percent believe, and then you throw in all the mail-in voting and just all the shenanigans and. And this, that, and the other, and states changing the rules without going through their legislation to do it. This, that, and the other. A lot of things line up for him to say. Absolutely, I believe I got robbed. You know, I followed the election in 2020 pretty closely, and I read a, a lot of several articles that said this kind of goes to what we're talking about. It said that his inner circle was leaking stuff about what his mindset was before the election, and what he was saying is to people was, "There's no way I could lose to this invalid." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just. He just didn't like believe that it would ever be possible that he would lose to some guy that was campaigning in his basement. I mean, that's what he thought. So, like, as did I, right? So, I think that again, this goes to his defense and what you know the government's going to have to get around, prove that he knowingly did all this stuff. Now, there's one instance in that indictment which goes to the fact that he may have known, or that they, I think they're going to use obviously because in the indictment where he had um, asked Mike Prince again to not certify the results. I think it was sometime in December. And he said, and Mike refused, uh, Vice President refused, and he said that, uh, and Trump, in response, which I assume this is testimony coming from the former Vice President, that Trump said, you're just too honest, Mike. And so that hurts him. That, that, that portion of it hurts. You're just too honest, Mike. You know, and, um, Insinuating he should be dishonest. Yes, right. Uh, actually, not, not break. Let's take, let's take a call real quick. Hey, caller, you're on there. You got about a minute We're and a half. Got hey, about a minute. Yeah. Hey, why come is it every time they bring up something against Hunter or Biden, they bring charges against Trump? If they won the election, like they said, fair and square, why are they scared to go against him again? No, I mean, great question. I don't know. I mean, that, that, that we were talking about. We that were about to talk about the Hunter thing, actually, in a yeah. second. That's where yeah. they, well, that's I good segue. To, I missed. I missed I'm gonna have to no, we're no, we're going to do it right I, now. That was like give you. They gave us a segue into it. Actually, yeah, we're going to come back from this break. Hey, Chris, we'll answer that on the other side of the break. Yeah, Thank thanks, you, brother. Bye, brother. Bye. All right, uh, we'll be right back. We're going to jump into the Hunter Biden stuff. Is Sean changing his mind and beginning to believe that Hunter Biden is actually guilty. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here on 103.9 FM. This segment is going to be brought to you by friends over at the Big Salad. Get over there and flow with today. Eat you some Big Salad. Uh, all their salads are available to be turned into a wrap. So whether you like it with a fork or you like to eat it with your hands, you can do either or. There at the Big Salad, hit you a nice, fresh, cool salad for lunch or a wrap. It's going to be hot out there today. Lettuce uh, will help keep you hydrated. It turns into water, right? <laughs> anyway, 
get out there, try the big salad. If you want something a little bit more than a salad, they got subs, soup, smoothies, and more. Check them out, thebigsalad.com. They are available on Take a Break Deliveries, locally owned, locally operated food delivery service. Go to takeabreakdeliveries.com, select the big salad, and get it delivered to you. You can look at their menu online, thebigsalad.com. They're located in Dogwood, right there in Flowood, Mississippi. All right, Sean, let's take a call real quick. Hey, Carl, you're on there. Yeah, hey, Clay, I was listening. I got in late, and I, your guest's name is Sean. Correct. And I heard him say just a few minutes ago that he'd seen no evidence that the election was stolen. Look, my opinion is, you know, I watched the coverage most of the night until we didn't have a result. And I've been watching this sort of thing for a long, long time. Incumbents almost never lose if we're not, not at war. They just don't. Even Obama, who didn't have a stellar first term, somehow managed to win the, the next election. And he did. Um, there are a number of reasons I believe Trump actually won it. I think people in politics who really follow it don't get too excited because they've seen so many elections that were rigged or stolen. They think it's sort of part of the game, but you just don't expect to see it in the United States in a presidential election, although it probably happened in 1960. Nixon versus Kennedy. Anyway, here's my here's my my suggestion. It might not be very compelling, but let Sean gather the information to show us that the election wasn't rigged. Why he believes it's not says he hasn't seen any evidence that he was. It didn't go to court. And let somebody who's knowledgeable and conversant about this on the other side point out the reasons that the election was stolen. I think it was stolen, but I could be wrong. I'd be willing to do the work. I've got the time to do the work, to find it, find out everything that you can reasonably find out. And I might be wrong. Maybe the election was, was legitimate. Maybe Joe Biden actually won that election. But I don't think he did. So maybe you could devote an hour or two Set that up, you know, promote it for two or three weeks. Give the opposite sides time to build their case. There's so much great information available. I think it would be compelling radio. But I'll tell you what, if I were the guy who went against him, and if I found out I was wrong when I was finished, I'd tell you, hey, I'm wrong. You will never see that from, from the other side, I don't think. Oh, I mean, if you if you could prove to me it was stolen, I got no problem saying it wasn't. Regarding 1960, the well, the evidence said, that well, I was, yeah, I'm ahead. sorry, I'm sorry. The uh, the uh, the evidence uh, about that, I think it was uh, what 110,000 votes between uh, Nixon and Kennedy, the popular vote total. I think it was 110,000, and the uh, the obvious allegations in that election were related to Sam Giancana in West Virginia, and then, of course, with uh, Mayor Daley in Chicago. That's what you're referring to, right? That's right. Cook uh, County, Illinois, Illinois was really, really important. Yeah, all the dead people Cook voted. County, Chicago, right. Cook yeah. County, sure, electoral yeah. votes in Illinois. That was it. Sure. That's right. I don't know that, and I, you might know this, the history of that a little better than me, I can't recall if they filed any lawsuits over that in 1960. No. I don't think they no, did. No, what right happened ahead. was, it's interesting, I knew a fella who is gone, long gone now, but he had been on the Federal Reserve Board in Washington. And so he was pretty well connected in Washington politics. 
And one night at the dinner party, probably in the early 80s, I talked about this. And he said, well, it is sort of, it's true. Nixon had a very good case, but he was called to uh, Washington or New York by the the East Coast liberal liberal wing of the Republican Party, the Rockefeller Group, mm-hmm. and said, look, Dick, don't don't make an issue of this. It'd be bad for the country. Let Kennedy be the president, and we'll see that your time will come. And Nixon said, okay. He went back to California in 62. He ran for governor and, and lost. lost. Yeah. Sure. And then he made the famous speech, you, you won't have, you have Nixon, Nixon to kick around, around anymore. anymore. Yeah, you sure. won't have me to kick around anymore. Yeah. In 1968, who was president of the United States, sure. Dick Nixon. In 1972, around there, he starts causing some trouble, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah, he does. Sure. And so, uh, so lo and behold, he, he's impeached over Watergate. And when does he leave office? In uh, August 74. Yeah. Uh, and then Ford's president. Well... That's the Dick Nixon story. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But the election probably was stolen. But it was it was not a great it, – it, it didn't have the money behind it. You had to sway a couple of counties, you know. And, of course, the, the mobsters were so angry at Bobby Kennedy and at Ted yep. because they helped him rig that dang election. <laughs> and then he prosecuted him. On him. Yeah, then yeah, he prosecuted him. He went all. after him. Right. So, which was pretty stupid on his part. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, look – Hey, what, hey, what guy, was your name? Pr- I, my name's Dan Hoffman. Dan, pleasure to meet you. You too, Dan. Okay. Nice meeting you. Okay, well, good. And and if, if Clay, you want to set something up, I I think I could do it. But hey, if I'm wrong about this, I've been wrong since the night of the election, and I'll have to, in a very embarrassed way, say publicly, I was wrong. Trump didn't win, but I'm pretty sure Trump did win. But anyway, we'll find out. Maybe. Hey, well, okay. If Sean wants to do it, I'm in for y'all doing it. Uh, text me your contact. Yeah, I'd like to talk to you, Dan, about politics. Seems we're students of political history, too, anyway. What, so. What's your last name? My last name? Sean? It's Yurt Karan. What's that? Yurt Karan. It's it's old, probably the only one on Facebook. Y U R T K U R A N. Is that Greek? Turkish. Turkish. Okay, good. Okay. I'll look it up and I'll contact you. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks, Dan. Good talking to you. Okay, bye. All right, phones are blowing up. I think we're going to. We're going to pass on any more calls for the day for right now. Anyway, great call from Dan. Yeah, I, I really I that, enjoyed that. I love uh, talking political history. The 1960 election is so interesting to me and all the things that occurred around that. Um, the uh, We were going to get into Hunter Biden, which I think is an important thing to end this, you know, yeah, discussion. Let's, let's, you let's know, jump into it. we got, three, we got, we got three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. You know, the um, obviously there's, I think, obviously been no dispute about Hunter Biden and whatever activities he's been involved in have been illegal, unethical, whatever you want to call them. I mean, everything, every facet of his life, we've discussed that ad nauseum on air for, you know, since I've been here. Uh, the uh, What struck me so much about this week about it was that um, it was his associate, was the guy's name Adair, Adnair? Adair. Adair, something like that? Okay. And... Uh, you know, before Joe had said Joe Biden had said he had not spoken to this guy or had any dealings with the stuff, and then now the story is he had spoken to him, but it was basically about the weather or something stupid like that, right? Which sounds ridiculous. I mean, and you know, and again, I have no problem. I mean, obviously some influence peddling was going on. I mean, that's why it happened. That's why he's talking to the guy. So that hearing that testimony to me really was it did struck me. I'm saying. That's that's that that stinks, man. That, I mean, it just does. It stinks, and I mean, there's no way to say it. The, what I'm telling you, I was around all these other political junkies like ourselves last night, mm-hmm. and I consider myself a uh, 
a bit of a novice political junkie. I'm not a pro. Um, man, in the conversations I had, most people seem to think this is going to come back. Once the mainstream media has started reporting these things and they can't hide it anymore, it's just bubbling to the top. Yeah. How do you trot Joe out there? If this is their out, you give you give Kamala an ambassadorship mm-hmm. of some sort to make her go away. She ain't gonna do that though. The Democrats have got themselves in a trick bag and we could do a whole other show about how do you replace the black woman with a white rich guy, Gavin Newsom, you know. But they've got to say they don't want Gavin Newsom. That's the right dream that they want. They don't want. They don't want Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is not good. I will say this: Gavin Newsom will not be a presidential nominee. You don't think? No, that's not happening. I know, like the it's right. Not my dream. Them. I just think that I just, that's what they want. That's not. It's not going to happen. You don't think so? It's no. Right. I mean, it's your party we're speaking of. Here yeah, I don't see it happening. But you know, again, what I'll say is like this: it, his, this guy's testimony was just really interesting to me. Like, why? You know, I'm like, why is he on the phone with you? Well, we know why he's on the phone with him. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not sitting there jumping. Okay, right away he took you know whatever amount of money but you're influence peddling we know that mm-hmm. i mean that's why that's what's going on here i mean that's i mean let's just don't tell don't tell me you're talking about the weather or whatever he said he said something, he said something ridiculous yeah i mean that's literally he, i'll tell you what i got a 50 second clip here of uh, one of the state reps just kind of reviewing this the, the prosecutor in me just smells yeah, a rat on that you know oh yeah let, let, let's listen to this real quick as we go to break and close out the show for the day here is democrat rep dan goldman discussing what uh hunter's business partner testified to so, so to confirm, you're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there was no specifics about business, and it just seemed like it was clear that it was clear that it was as part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father, um, and it was, and, and sounds like most of the time, uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner, he was just asked to say hello. Uh, and he would, you know, talk about the the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how uh, how what's going on on your end. He the the witness was very very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversations. All right, let's take a break. We'll okay. be right back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, we are back. Kind of missed my spot there. Hey, look, we got about a minute left here, closing out with Sean. Guys, great calls today, great text. Uh, Sean, you did well today. You stood up against the uh, Operation Human Shield over there. Clay, how's the weather today? I just want to know. Do you think it's good? Well, I think it's, it's code. Be, it looks a little looks a little cloudy outside right now. Look at the that window. means green light, right? It's green. I don't know. It's uh, we got it. we I got mean. It. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Woodrow. For that's the, funny. That, that was one of the best conspiracy theories I've heard in a while. Woodrow says, you think the weather talk could have been code? Cloudy equals maybe. Sunny equals green light. I, you know, Nothing would surprise me. Is, <laughs> and to the point, nothing would surprise me. Sean, I will see you Friday. All right, man. Thank you. Good show today. Guys, the podcast will be available here shortly. Just search Clay Edwards Show wherever, wherever, wherever you download podcasts or stream music. Or just go to ClayEdwardsShow.com. All the links are there. See you tomorrow. Peace. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.